This is Science Moab, a show exploring the science happening in Southeast Utah and the Colorado Plateau. I'm your host, Peggy Hodgkins, and today we are talking about dealing with human waste in the backcountry. It may not be a subject anyone wants to talk about, but our health depends on it. Part of recreating responsibly, especially here or anywhere people go, is making sure that you're not going to harm anybody else. And poop is harmful. You know, it's not something that we really want to think about. But we do have this really big privilege to be somewhere, you know, recreating outside in this beautiful area where we we don't have restrooms. So just making sure that we're good stewards of the land by um, picking up after ourselves, and whether that be in an area that is able to handle bearing your waste, if you do so responsibly, or an area like here where more and more it's just going to be, hey, you're visiting this area, especially at certain trails that are more high use, please carry out your waste. That's Ginger Allen, the Environmental Stewardship Coordinator for the Southeast Utah Health Department. She is finishing up her Master's of Public Health with a concentration in Biosecurity and Disaster Preparedness from St. Louis University. Ginger is currently part of a public health campaign about human waste in the backcountry. I think the issue of, of how to handle your human waste and how to poop outside is really easy to have it be not thought of when you're thinking of like all these overarching leave no trace principles that are super crucial like staying on the trail and not messing with wildlife and all of the other core tenets of that recreating responsibly philosophy with the with the southeast utah health department and our steering committee that we have of all these different land managers we're really trying to make this a single issue public health campaign so working with leave no trace working with all these different local organizations but making sure that, you know, poop is our sole focus. Gotcha. Aside from the unsightliness of coming across human waste in the backcountry, what are some of the serious health issues that are associated with this? Oh, most certainly. So poop is deadly. Ultimately, human waste and um, the reason why the health department is doing this campaign is, you know, it's a health hazard. You can kill someone if your poop gets into water streams or if someone happens to touch it. So of course there is that aesthetic issue, but it's also making sure that we're not contaminating any water supplies or making sure that we're not getting anybody sick or possibly killing them. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. And this being, uh, at least locally, a, uh, a, a desert environment, is the desert a more susceptible place to the biohazards of human waste than, say, a more music or wet environment? Oh, most certainly. So there is actually a study that was done looking at the Grand Staircase Escalante uh, National Monument that looked at how human waste degraded and also the level of bacteria that was there after a certain amount of time. And it was crazy. The study found that it takes over a year, in some cases, for waste to fully degrade here. And you can still find bacteria in it at harmful levels after a year. They also were able to see how far bacteria traveled, which I think was really cool. So it doesn't even just stay confined in a cat hole. It will go up root systems, like a little super highway, or it will go in in wormholes or other animal burrows and, and use that to get further outside. So I think here you have the issue of 
yes, just naturally it's not going to degrade as fast as in other environments. But also our visitation is just off the roof. We're kind of hitting that poopy capacity of just not being able to make it work anymore to just bury our waste. The study that looked at the degradation of, of the fecal bacteria made the point that like, yes, in some cases after a year, maybe 2% of harmful bacteria is left. But when you have thousands of visitors coming here, you know, that's way more than enough to contaminate a water supply and make people seriously ill. Yeah, so just the sheer numbers is making it worse, a much bigger issue than it has been in the past. Because I, I know, you know, going on desert rivers for a long time, you always had to carry out your waste. And again, I, I'm imagining it's probably the, again, the number of people, because if the number of people who are staying at the same campsites along a river, so this issue came to a head a while ago because of that is my Definitely. guess. Yeah, so there was studies that were done in this area and, and further along the Colorado River into the Grand Canyon that specifically looked at this in the 70s. And the decision was made then to require groovers or other portable toilet systems for the river at that point. So we're kind of catching up to it where visitation just everywhere is is hitting that point of of no return, no safe burial practices. What are some of the first steps in mitigating the problem? Oh, goodness. So a lot of it right now is just getting an idea of, of the research behind it. So we have this really good foundational base. I spent a few months rapidly creating this detailed research folder and going and going down all these research rabbit holes and different avenues to get an idea of, of what the problem is, how to approach it for all these different recreational groups so we can educate them better. Just starting to go out, talk to people in the community. I'm going to start talking, hopefully, to some tour companies and other groups. Along those lines, what other stakeholders are involved in the campaign? We have Sovereign Lands, uh, CITLA, the National Park Service, Forest Service, and the BLM are all representing or have representation in a steering committee. And then we also, hopefully, will be partnering with Moab Trail Mix coming up. Oh, good. And is Southeast Utah Health Department the only health department involved? Correct, yeah. Okay. So we're, we're starting with just covering Grand, Emory, and Carbon Counties, um, but specifically focusing on the Moab area as kind of our test site. I'm hoping that we can kind of create something that other areas can take and, and run with as well. So, I mean, as far as you know, do other communities in or around the Colorado Plateau have any kind of system like this in place? No. So we're the first. We're one of the first dedicated poop campaigns on, right on. on how to do it outside. Yeah, it's a it's a very weird specialization to have. <laughs> um, I never thought my job would be talking to all these different people and agencies about poop. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's a very rewarding experience. The Backcountry Bathroom Project campaign, spearheaded by the Grand County Health Department, intends to educate visitors and tourists about the importance of having a bathroom plan when recreating. It involves three major steps, education, remediation, and response. So educating people beforehand to let them know, really in a lot of cases being that public face as well. So going out to trailheads or to dispersed camping areas and just letting them know, hey, 
you know, it is different here. And here's some of the science behind why it's different. Here's what you can use and where you can buy these wag bags or portable toilets or whatever you need for your specific activity. And um, then we also have response, which is going to be more of that in-person field stuff as well. And then the remediation is if there is an area that is really um, over pooped or, you know, past that poopy capacity, we can shut it down or, or work with land managers to figure out what the best thing to do is for that. We are actively talking to the land managers about Willow Springs and other dispersed camping areas. I think that definitely is a problem is dispersed camping, but it's also, you know, how a lot of people in town live. So there's, there's a lot of complexities involved with a campaign. And I'm just curious about some of the science you actually did leading up to the whole campaign. There's so much science. <laughs> yeah. So if we're looking at this issue more broadly, and not just having it be about recreating here in Moab, but issues about water sanitation and hygiene, which this would fall under, more people around the world have access to mobile phones than do toilets, which is just insane to think about. These sort of poop-related deaths, uh, more illnesses, are one of the leading causes of morbidity and mortality in the world. It's a really serious issue. And where areas specifically are those occurring? It's even here all, in, all in, in Utah. It's, you know, everywhere. Not having safe sewers, not having safe water. There's amazing organizations that I'm enamored with, like the uh, Navajo Water Project that is trying to bring safe drinking water and sanitation one county over in, yeah. in Utah. What logistically and physically are you doing with this campaign to help facilitate recreationalists in the backcountry deal with their human waste? I think this may be the first time in the KZMU studio where there is a on-air demonstration of a wag bag. <laughs> it pops open. It pops open, and inside, if you could see this, it's silver, so it looks really metallic and space-agey. And then there's another bag inside of it that is trash bag size. Oh, this sounds so satisfying over the radio. Some science ASMR. And inside here, there's actually a powder that okay. is amazing. It's able to gel any liquid and render it inert um, in terms of like E. coli or any bacteria. They've, they've have some evidence wow. and they've done studies that show that it, it helps with that harmfulness and not just, you know, contains it. So the powder inside of it, depending on what company you're using, there's one that calls it poo powder, but it's trademarked. I'm adding water. Uh, it holds about a Nalgene's worth. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And then it just literally gels it up. You have this inner bag that you can close there's ties right and then shove it in the other bag and just pack it out so it is your disposable toilet to so go so you don't have to touch anything nope. harmful and you don't even see so i do think wag bags take a little bit of um, a learning curve you gotta you know something about what you're doing yeah. yeah and these are available anywhere online or where they're available online but they're for sale right now at all the different gear stores in town as well as the moab information center and at arches and canyonlands national park so that's great there's a lot of different places you can find these wag bags they're you know relatively cheap 
you can use them for multiple times. Just don't overuse a wag bag. <laughs> right. So what what is your science background? You're in public health, health mm-hmm. services, but how did you come to be involved with this program? So I am finishing up uh, a master's of public health program uh, with a concentration in biosecurity and disaster preparedness. So my focus is really infectious diseases of all sorts. I started working a pandemic preparedness program the year before the pandemic started. So weird timing, uh, to say the least. And this is actually counting towards my master's program, which is amazing. Fantastic. And where's that? Where are you getting your master's? St. Louis University. Nice. Okay. So I'm doing my master's uh, virtually because my other job prior to starting at the health department was working wildfires as a public information officer. So I deploy on disaster assignments quite frequently during this time of year. Yeah. Okay. So it was nice flexibility for my MPH. And working with the different stakeholders on this campaign, are you finding like-minded individuals? Are you meeting any resistance in some of this? Or is it all going pretty smoothly? I think they're all very thankful that we're we're there and we're helping them with this issue. And we're trying to just, you know, have my focus be very narrowly on poop. I think they're all really excited to have someone tackling this problem. I think you're totally right in thinking everyone in town has known that this has to be dealt with for a very long time. So we do amazing monthly meetings where we start by sharing some horror stories of what every agency has found, but it's a very great opportunity to collaborate and then have one unifying message. So being able to speak about this issue is is like this one voice in Moab to say, hey, this is what you should do about your waste. Yeah, and the waste, and you're saying it's going to be coupled with the whole Leave No Trace platform. Yeah. So, so it'll be a, and it, is there a specific date this is going to be launched? Or? It's in progress. It's in progress, <laughs> right. Assuming this campaign goes well, and I think you mentioned this earlier, but the hope is that other communities, especially in the desert environment, but around the world maybe, yeah, can follow the lead of... Uh, yeah. The Southeast Utah Health Department. Yeah, right. I think having it be this sort of campaign where it's it's just normalizing these conversations about poop. So ultimately, that's just one of my simple goals is to normalize people to have crappy conversations. You know, everyone poops. We all have horror stories of being that person who maybe was caught unprepared in the backcountry. You know, that happens. But just being prepared, yeah, knowing how to go before you go. In some situations, like knowing, hey, this trail that I'm going to doesn't have bathrooms, uh, so let me go before I leave town. It's, it's super important. Yeah, and just, um, I've noticed a lot of trailheads in just the last three or four years have been adding, there have been more and more porta-potties, you know, arriving which is a temporary fix. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to have at a parking lot, but as soon as you leave that parking lot, yeah, you need to be prepared. I mean, it's like you, you have to remember to take your water bottle. You should be remembering to take your wag bag. Take your wag bag. So it should just be second nature to, to travelers. And hopefully that whole educational program will, you know, let, let people know, you know, residents as well as visitors, but mostly, yeah. The numbers are in the visitation, so. 
yeah and and I think that true is just something really important to keep in mind is like our visitation numbers are are insane here right now Arches National Park has been recording visitation since the 50s and they I think 2010 was the first year they had over a million visitors and even last year with us being closed in in Moab for several months because of the pandemic they still hit over a million visitors last year and this year I I mean it's I'm sure we're on track to beat that record by a lot. Yeah, um, it's nuts. Yeah. Like like you're saying, even in a national park, in this part of the world, there's a lot of backcountry. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank goodness, you know, it's what we, a lot of us enjoy, but we should do it responsibly. Right, and in Arches, uh, if you're doing any backcountry camping at all, when you get your permit, they also give you wag bags or just make sure that you're using them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. A lot of different recreationists have been using these forever, like climbers. Yeah. Um, our climbing community here is great with knowing that they, they have to pack up their waste. Are there any other projects that you're, you're currently working on? So we just got a grant through the Division of Water Quality to put a scat machine somewhere in town, which uh, our river folks will hopefully know what it is. It is an automatic river cleaner. So it's literally a dishwashing machine, basically, for your portable toilet. So your groovers, all that, all that stuff. And it can fit anything from the old school ammo canisters to five gallon buckets. And anything in between, we're going to try and have a poop tube. A lot of pack rafters use poop tubes now, but they kind of got their start with climbing. So, you know, different attachments, so different parties can use it. And then in just a few minutes, you have a clean and sanitized Groover, and all of that waste is going to go into the sewer system. Oh, wow. And so where would this gap machine be? We are in the process of oh. figuring that out. Human waste ultimately is going to end up either in a septic tank system or in the sewer, ideally. We have a few ideas floating around. It depends on how optimistic I am. But we were been hoping if I could get more money and funding to have maybe the municipal RV dump. So have like something where all people can go for their waste needs. So, right. you know, RVs can go and, and dump out their tanks and, and then river people, <laughs> they have somewhere to go for their, um, their portable toilets as well. Nice. Yeah. That's a good thing. One-stop shop for all your waste needs. Well, Ginger, thanks so much for talking with Science Moab about this very uh, sensitive subject. I'm very glad to be here. To learn more or listen to other Science Moab episodes, visit sciencemoab.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Science Moab Media is by Sophia Fisher, newsletter by Rhonda Cook, our theme music is by Jeremy Spaulding, and the show is produced by Peggy Hodgkins, Christina Young, and KZMU. If you love Science Moab, let us know. Leave a rating on Spotify or a review on iTunes. And consider supporting Science Moab by donating to the podcast at sciencemoab.org. This programming is unique to Moab, Utah, and your support makes it possible.